This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and we're shining a spotlight on the fluctuating costs of renewable energy projects in the works for the Empire State, which may end up costing New Yorkers more money to actually complete. To dive into this issue, we're joined on The Capital Press Room by Ann Reynolds, Executive Director of the Alliance for Clean Energy New York, whose members include some of the companies hoping state regulators will approve higher price tags for their ongoing projects. Welcome back to the show, Ann. Hi, thanks for having me. So generally speaking, what should we know about the green projects that are looking for uh, additional funding above and beyond uh, what they originally pitched when chosen by the state? Sure. Well, these projects bid several years back, before COVID, before the war in Ukraine, before the really unprecedented and unexpected uh, inflation that we've seen since then. Before Taylor Swift and Taylor Kelsey started dating. Very, very much before that. Okay. <laughs> um, so unfortunately for us all, the price of everything has gone up. And the price of um, the supply chain for these projects, wind turbines, solar panels, concrete and steel, and also construction labor has increased. So unfortunately, a lot of the contracts are no longer financially viable. And um, we have had to come back to the state to ask for an inflation adjustment for these contracts. And how much more money are we talking about here? When I think about inflation, I remember like 8.5% was a number that was thrown around. So are they just looking for 8.5% more? They're looking for more than that, unfortunately, Mm. because it's been several years since they bid. So depending on the year that the project bid and what formula you used, um, that what they're actually requesting, what we're actually requesting, ranges from a 27% increase up to the mid-70s. So it's significant, but it reflects how the costs of the components have changed over time. Well, let's put those percentages into some context. How much are, are we talking about in actual dollars in terms of the total overall costs of the projects? And generally speaking, what's the impact on ratepayers if those requests are approved? Yeah, so the petition that we put in is asking to save 86 wind and solar projects. And altogether, that increase, if they all, all the projects went forward and they got the increase we asked for, uh, the state estimates will be cost about 2 to $3 uh, per month on a utility bill. Um, so it's not that it's not significant, but it is something that um, I think would be reasonable over the course of time and necessary in order to get these projects over the finish line. And what about the total price tag for these projects? Should we be thinking about these projects as things that cost in the millions of dollars and they're going to then be growing by millions of dollars? Or are these projects with a, a B billion dollar price tag? Altogether, as a portfolio, it's more in the billions, um, but we spend billions on um, our energy in New York now. So it really is important to put this in perspective. This is an investment over time in a whole batch of projects to green the grid and make our grid more reliable and cleaner over time. So, it, you know, I don't want to downplay that it's a, a significant investment by the state of New York, but one that the legislature has required by virtue of passing the climate law. And if we want to get the job done, we have to we have to make this investment. And coming back to the cost to ratepayers, would that few dollar a month increase be something that compounds over the life of these projects? Or would we say it's just two dollars more a month than what was originally anticipated? It's the second, $2 more a month over what was originally anticipated, and that's the cost that would be spread over the life of the, of the projects. Now, what happens if the state regulators who are considering this come back with some version of a deal's a deal, the money hose is shut off, 
balls in your court. Yeah. So that's the question to ask. Right now, there's an open solicitation in New York. for the. They come out every year. So there's one for offshore wind and one for upstate wind and solar. So the state has in front of them the data that I don't have, which is what are these projects going to cost um, for the next round? What are the bids now? If the bids they have in hand are cheaper than what these companies have asked for, then they should they should go with the more cost-effective projects. If the new projects are cheaper, they should go with those. Um, our argument, and the reason I felt comfortable making this request, is that we think that saving this batch of projects that has invested so much already in permitting and siting and interconnection and signed labor agreements with various labor unions, if those projects die, progress is going to be delayed, the jobs don't materialize, and we're going to end up spending more for more renewable energy projects later. And not much later, just right now, because <laughs> the next batch of projects. So if we're wrong about that, and the bids that the state has are cheaper than what we've asked for, they should do what's right for the right payer and t make that choice. But our expectation, and NYSERDA has confirmed this, as the bids that they have in hand are significantly more expensive than they have been in recent years, specifically because the price of everything has gone up. I wish that weren't true, and I think we know that in our daily lives, that the prices of everything has gone up. So in order to remain committed and offer the best deal for ratepayers, we've put this choice in front of the commission. Is there a financial penalty for the companies that are looking for uh, an increase in their costs if they ultimately don't move forward with their projects? There absolutely is. These projects have put down hundreds, collectively hundreds of millions of dollars in deposits, if they walk away from the contracts, they lose all that money. So why shouldn't the state say, okay, they've put up some money, they already have skin in the game, let's call their bluff, so to speak, and see if they're really willing to walk away from these deposits? For the exact reason I just said, that's the sensible choice if the option in front of them is something that's cheaper. I don't think it is. But, but couldn't you make the argument that maybe they shouldn't believe what uh, these operators are telling them? Maybe these operators could tighten their belts, so to speak, and that maybe these requests for funding don't represent what they actually need and are uh, ballooning. And so we should make them see what they can really accommodate. Maybe they'll come back to the table and say, okay, maybe the 70% or 27% we asked for is a little high and maybe give us uh, half of that. Could, could we do half of that maybe? So that's what I'm asking about in terms of calling a bluff. Yeah. Well, I'd say we do know that NYSERDA has hired its own independent um, analysis of what we submitted. Mm -hmm. And the Department of Public Service has all summer long been asking for confidential information about all of these projects. So they have... I think, all that data in front of them to assess the very sensible questions that you're asking. But if the answer comes back and says, in most recent competitive bidding process, the prices were higher than what these folks are asking for, then it's best to continue to make progress on the projects we have in hand rather than scrap all that work by the companies and also by the state itself. They've reviewed permits for these projects. They've gone through the interconnection process for these projects. Not all of them are all through that, but they've invested a lot of time in there. In our petition, we analyzed the cost of delay. So if you walk away from these 86 upstate wind and solar projects and four offshore wind projects, that delay has a cost as well. So I know we've put a very difficult choice in front of the commission, but they do have all the data to answer the questions you're asking and pick the option that's best for New York ratepayers.
So your coalition represents a diverse array of businesses. Are they united on this request for additional funding? We've had uh, two members that have opposed this, um, but we have 115 members, so it's not that we're split. We have a few outliers. And our mission is not to help individual companies. Our mission is to tackle climate change in New York State and get renewable energy projects built. So we thought long and hard about putting this decision in front of the commission. And we think this is best for the development of renewable energy in New York State, the security and reliability of the grid, the investments the state has made in transmission and permitting, um, and also in terms of reaching our climate goals, which is the one thing I haven't mentioned yet. We have a 70% renewable energy by 2030 law in New York State. If all of these 90 projects fail, we're not going to meet that. If the commission acts in a way that saves some of the projects and then lets others rebid, um, we can start construction. We can get some projects movement moving. Some have said simply to let them rebid. It brings up other problems than cost, right? Then we have even more projects coming in one big unmanageable batch of projects. And what we need is an even cadence of renewable solar wind projects reaching construction so there's enough New York-based labor to get that work done over time and make that 2030 goal. It seems like it is a possibility, though, that maybe state regulators will approve some of the cost increases, but not all of them. Because when we spoke with the state's you know, energy czar, Doreen Harris, about this issue, she said that there was always an expectation that there would be some attrition uh, to this portfolio. So does that seem like a likely option that some projects might have their requests approved while others uh, might not have their price hikes approved? Yeah, that's a possibility. Or they might approve a formula that would help some of the projects and not others. Um, they might say some of these projects that are more mature and developed will save those and let the others rebid. Those are all possibilities. That last one, I think, is worth noting. Some of these projects are what we were calling around the office as overripe. Their local permits are expiring. They're running up against their deadlines with the interconnection queue. Their land leases are expiring because they've been around for a while. And we've talked previously about how long it takes to develop these projects in New York, which has been an aggregating factor in having it be more subject to inflation over time. So um, if, if the end result of this is that some pro a batch of projects are saved and reach construction and we can demonstrate progress towards the climate goal and other projects have to rebid and there's some attrition for inflation reasons or for other reasons, right? There's all sorts of other risks that projects face with permitting, with local opposition, with interconnection costs. All those risks are still there. This petition is just meant to address this unprecedented and unexpected inflation. So long answer to your question, yes, there will be attrition even if our petition is granted just exactly the way um, we asked for it. Well, coming back to those two so-called outliers in the coalition, what are their concerns with uh, approving the price hikes? Well, they, are, I think, are more concerned about the fact that they didn't um, win contracts in the past. So they're sore losers? Um, well, I'm not going to say it that way. <laughs> but, you know, I... I I will say it a different way. We um, need to do something to move forward the, the industry as a whole and get folks working and get 
um, clean electrons flowing onto the grid. It isn't about one or two companies. It's about meeting the climate goals of New York State. Do we need to change the way we've been soliciting uh, green energy projects in New York? Because I know there have been some people who, you know, these sore losers, so to speak, who feel like they're getting shut out of this process. So are you happy with the way the state is uh, looking for projects? Well, I think the state has looked for projects in, in good faith, and the requirements for bidding in have grown stronger each year. So as they've learned uh, more, they've required more information about deliverability, about um, grid investments that would be required for that project. It's gotten more complicated to bid into these um, procurements in New York. And I think that's that's probably a good thing. Also, in the course of time, laws have been passed, right? Now we have to pay prevailing wage. We have to negotiate project labor peace agreements. Um, there's requirements to invest in disadvantaged communities. There's been additional requirements each year an RFP has come out. So um, it's it's evolving. I think um, if if it evolved further, I would like it to be based less on price and more on project viability. And I think um, that would be the way to avoid this situation again in the future. And are you agnostic about the state office or entities that have the final say over these projects? Does it matter if it's uh, NYSERDA calling the shots or whether it's PSC with uh, the final word? Um, because I know there was legislation that moved uh, at the end of the session. I don't think it's been signed yet. That also included a fun parkland alienation component that seems to uh, present some potential changes to the solicitation process. You're talking about the offshore wind mm -hmm. legislation. Well, that that's a separate issue um, in in this case. So for upstate wind and solar projects, the permits come from ORES, the Office of Renewable Energy Siting. For offshore wind projects, the cable landing is approved by the Public Service Commission. I'm agnostic okay. about who it should be, but it needs to be faster and more efficient. I mean, if we, we do, the state of New York has very aggressive goals and they need to um, attack all of these processes very assertively and make them work better together. And so that it isn't six years between when you bid a project and when you can reach construction. And lastly, thinking about timelines with that legislation, when it was moving through the legislature, we were hearing in the press corps that this was something that had to get done immediately, that there were all these moving components. It's my understanding, again, that this bill has not been signed yet. So what does that mean for the project that was uh, insisting that they be able to clear through that, that parkland alienation component? Yeah, I mean, I think they were right about that. It's not that it needed to take place that week, but it couldn't wait till next year's legislative session. And there's so many moving parts when you're developing a project, and they get a whole slew of permits from the federal government, mm -hmm. and they get this Article 7 th from the state government, Article 10. But this parkland alienation, as you know, is because the cable will be buried underneath a beach, which is a state property that it has to go through this parkland alienation to. And in this particular case, that project would be way off schedule if it waited a full year to do that again. Was there a reason to suspect that it's going to wait a full year? Because as I said, the governor hasn't signed that bill. So is there a difference between them signing it in December at the end of this year versus sometime in early 2024? Well, the reason they thought it, it, it has to go through the legislature. So it ha if it didn't pass last session, mm -hmm. it would have had to wait till next session. Right. Yeah. 
but right now it's still it's been four months since it yeah. moved through the legislature and we were told it was this big emergency um so was it a big emergency because theoretically the legislature could pass that bill in january the governor could act on it in january that's kind of what i'm getting at yeah well i don't know the details of their project mm-hmm. schedule but i suspect that this issue that we started with the inflation petition has trumped that one. Gotcha. If they don't get a change to their contract price, the rest of the needs of the project might be moot. Well, we've been speaking with Ann Reynolds. She is the executive director of the Alliance for Clean Energy New York. Ann, thank you so much for visiting us in the studio. Sure thing. Thanks. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.